got right. Everyone cannot be silent, so we've got. <laughs> George is on his phone. Hi. Um. How is people can't see that man? What are you? Can, can we mute engage, the chat? Engage. Engage. <laughs> okay, can we mute the chat? Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Juice. Today I'm talking to all of my friends from home, Rachel, Alice, George and Raha. And we're going to be talking about... <laughs> we're going to be talking about male harassment and street violence. So, first of all, I would like to say what were everyone's reactions to the Sarah Everard murder? How did everyone feel after it? really brought the tone down but um, yeah. <laughs> Rachel um, do you want to go first? Yeah um, I think it was a bit of a slow thing for me because I think the process of how it unraveled was slow in some ways like it started as kind of this assault and then everything that transpired kind of after um, and a bit scary because quite where she was found was quite close to where I am right now and I know that it doesn't matter it's going on everywhere but it was that it was a bit like oh god but I think it just, it makes things, I don't, I don't know. I'm just quite shocked, I think I'd say. I was quite shocked by it all. Um, I think where we have grown up, all five of us, is quite a safe space, I always think. Um, and I think I've never really encountered anything like that, me personally, or like I've never known it as much. And yeah, I was just quite shocked, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing we should say is, so all five of us went to school together for a really long time so not only have we um known each other for a while but we grew up together and I think as well when you've grown up together and then you start going on nights out and you start realizing things about the world and gender differences it can it can kind of happen overnight I mean I don't know about the boys but when was the first time that you two kind of noticed that on nights out or at night your female friends we're not very safe. Well, do you want to go first, George? No, right. You started, mate. So, I guess, I guess for me, because in school I didn't really particularly go out too much. Um, it was quite a, it was quite an obvious thing as soon as you came to uni. But I think what was strange um, for me was, especially considering what's happened recently, is the change in sort of the way people talk about certain situations now versus then. Especially my female housemates, which at the time I didn't realise, and looking back on it. Um, actually it's quite it's, it's just really sad so you'd mm. they'd speak about sort of certain situations of going out in nightclubs and it would be oh like I'll just, an, another boy tried to try to like hit me up or try to offer me a drink or hand around the waist things like that um, and now they speak about similar situations of people that we know as well um, and they say the similar sort of stories but given the light to everything else that's happened it is so much worse mm. um, I think looking back on it it's it's one of those things that it's never changed it's just it's far more obvious now, especially like you said, we grew up in quite a safe environment and where it wasn't as obvious. Well, see, that's interesting though, because I think you saying that um, you became more aware of it at university, I don't know if Rachel and Alice agree. Even though we do live in quite a safe area, I was still asking boys to stand and pretend and be my boyfriend aged about 16 in Bradford. Like it was still very yeah. prominent here. I, I would just say that we didn't like we didn't go out a lot and if we went out we usually went out in like a big group of people that we knew so it was like I would say that yeah, I, think I, was, I was a lot more sheltered in terms of what was going on just because we were all like friends and mm. I we 
weren't maybe exposed to as many different people and especially because we went to places where there were people of similar ages and probably weren't like just absolutely loads of old kind of creepy guys yeah, yeah I think like the environment that we kind of were in was like because it's such a small town and stuff and even this small city like we just kind of know so many people like before like we all went to university and stuff so it was like you kind of you're not necessarily safe but you at least feel like you are do you know what I mean and like again like as George said being in big groups it, it runs down the risk so it's like I think we all kind of went into nightlife a bit blindly I'd say because it's just like you're just so caught up in stuff and again like when you're intoxicated you're not really <laughs> considering like the danger around you necessarily until it happens and um yeah it was just hard to come by for us I think yeah I mean for the girls how old do you think you were when you first started to notice that there was street street violence and male harassment and maybe not even on such a dramatic level when did you start to notice that men were or could be looking at you in a bit of an uncomfortable way or? I think for me, I can't, I feel lucky to be able to say that I haven't experienced a lot, but I don't think you should say that you feel lucky. You shouldn't feel lucky because it shouldn't happen. Mm. But I, you know, I, I do feel lucky in that I haven't experienced a lot of harassment, but I, things when like I would go off for a run and people, you know, like men would honk their horns or whatever, you know the little things like that um and also when we started to go out more the kind of approach of men to women like in a club in a bar in a pub and I think all the stuff that you would say is okay or you wouldn't think about for me is highlighted a lot more because of the Sarah Everett stuff um it's really kind of made me hyper aware of things like that yeah yeah I don't know about you Alice yeah I was like I think as well like I started being aware of it when I was like 14 probably because I kind of was a 14 year old that looked a lot older than they were and we did um go out and stuff at that age like occasionally and um you find that like literal grown men were like perving on me a little bit like a bit attracted to me and stuff and like they don't know that you're 14 but it's like that kind of I'm still in my 14 year old mindset do you know what I mean it doesn't matter and it kind of freak you out a bit for sure so that's when I was like yeah. first introduced to it and I think as well at that age like you kind of it sounds really gross to say but you you kind of revel in being attractive to older people and it's kind of yeah well that's the thing we like proper buzzed off it like to be yeah. honest obviously like if anyone would have over overstepped their boundaries or anything that's like a different story but like the idea of like getting attention from like a like older men it was like really exciting but like now I'm 20 and now I'm on like the reverse side it's like these people like these I mean these young teens just aren't you don't understand the difference and like when you're in it so it's I mean I think that's part of the problem as well it's like we're kind of conditioned to to sexualize ourselves at a young age anyway because everyone else is doing it I mean it's like Rachel's laughing now because she loves an old man don't you Rachel yes. <laughs> um, oh, you no comment no comment yeah, no. <laughs> don't, don't mention it no but it's true like I think as an age thing like yeah when you're a young girl and like everyone wants to feel attractive and be like looked at and stuff like that and I think boys want that to a certain extent as well but it's yeah. just kind of when is it not okay I think that's what you have yeah. to recognize and we and we all knew like the people in like 
when we were like in year eight or nine who were going out with 18 year olds or like even older yeah. and like you'd always hear like there's always one at least and it's kind of ooh a bit like yeah like edgy but then now it's like that is well, you, you, you don't really, you don't really, yeah you don't really think of it as like really weird at the time you're just yeah. like like they're so cool like yeah I'm with older people like yeah. look at that yeah like it's but so strange really predatory so yeah, yeah. I, I wonder as well for the boys when um you did start to come out more often and um come on nights out with the like us three did you notice that we would kind of have to I don't know um all know where each other were and text each other when we were getting home and make sure that we were safe did you notice that or was it something that you just kind of didn't I, I don't know if I noticed certain like advances and things like that but I would always try to be like text me when you get home kind of thing mm. like and I, I'd, I'd noticed that but it wasn't it wasn't like a, a thing of where I was like just constantly just seeing things that were going on not yeah. I'm not saying that they didn't happen I'm just saying I was probably slightly yeah. oblivious to it yeah, I mean that's part of it as well. I don't, I don't think that that is something young girls or women should blame men for. Like, because if they've not been asked or told to recognize it, then they're probably not going to recognize it because they're not affected by it. Mm. And I think the um, the way girls just always after a night out kind of text each other or like text when you get home and stuff. I feel like that when I was like started doing that it just kind of felt like oh it's just a girly thing you do you know like you go to the bathroom together at a club or something but like it's one of those things that's become like a primitive like female behavior but like it's been there for a reason do you know what I mean yeah well I think we've all been really fortunate to um I don't know if you agree but I think the fact that we lived in an area where we'd all been together for a really long time like we've known each other since we were really small children that meant that we were extra comfortable around each other and I wonder if if you're in a big city and you're really far away from people who you go to school with and you kind of don't know the bar staff or you don't recognize the bouncers if that is more isolating maybe we were really privileged in that respect. I remember one night going out into Leeds and being really overwhelmed but thinking about like knowing the bar staff and stuff like that, I remember one of the bouncers was really rude to us and another like girl I was out with. And that's just made me think, yeah, like if I was in that situation, you don't have the confidence, you don't know the people. Um, and also you don't have the confidence to call it out if something does happen or like mm -hmm. the safety of knowing that you only live up the road kind of thing, you know? So if you need to get home, it's kind of not that far as well. And I think for us, that was a real benefit to when we would go out we really wouldn't be that far away um, and all of us would be near each other so if we needed to stay at someone else's house or mm -hmm. you know but um, definitely in bigger cities it's I mean I'm sure if you looked at the statistics they would show for themselves you know about the rates in cities rather than like rural locations and smaller towns and stuff yeah Raha what was your reaction to the Sarah Everard news story when it broke um, I think for me, I think it was a similar process to Rachel because you sort of got the story in pieces. Um, and I think quite sadly, it started off as being just, oh, another person had gone missing. Mm. And it, it sort of, that, and that's how, for me, that's how the news break. I sort of was flicking through um, BBC or whatever it is in the morning and it's like, oh, Sarah Everett's body has gone missing. And then as more and more came out with the Met Police and with it being a case such as this one, I mean, it was just quite scary how 
there was a peak of oh this is terrible but it did kind of go back to oh this is quite normal in that mm-hmm. sense quite quickly and I think that's what's quite what was quite scary and if it wasn't for sort of um the the vigil that followed and the events that happened there with the police I don't know if it necessarily would have had as bigger ripples in the pool um as it's had now um and I think looking back on it that's what surprised me the most it was I think someone that I was speaking to likened it um, and it's not a perfect analogy, but sort of to the BLM movements that happened earlier, where it was like an uh, incident that sadly has happened many, many times over the last however number count of years, just happened to catch the public's opinion. And with social media, the power it has it run with. That's what I found so strange about it. The fact that, I mean, when I saw it on the news, like you said, I was really, sounds awful, but it didn't shock me. Exactly. I, I didn't even pay more attention to the news which is really fucked up in itself like of course you should pay more attention but you I think especially because every single tv crime drama you ever see most Mm. of the narrative is based on a young woman going missing and then being killed yeah exactly I think we are just really conditioned to it and it's it's kind of scary how normal it is oh without I think the shocking part was the fact that it was a police officer, like this idea that it's supposed to be someone who you should trust and feel safe and who's supposed to look at, these are the people that are looking after us and enforcing law, and then this happens. And I think that was, like you said, we're aware that this goes on. Do you know what I mean? The fact that another woman has been harassed is almost not the shocking part. It's the who did it. And not that it makes it okay for anyone to do it. It's not about that. But, you know, we talked about feeling safe at home because we knew the people. And it's a similar thing. We would never expect, you know, the, the barmen that we know and the people, the regulars that we yeah. see when we go into the pub, we would never expect that from them. And it's in this similar way. We didn't, you just don't expect it from a police officer. Well, it's, it's just scary, isn't it? Because it's, these are the people who are meant to like protect us and, mm-hmm. you know, who are meant to keep us safe. But if they're the ones who are potentially like endangering like people's lives and killing people, then like who are we meant to, trust and who, who's meant to protect us yeah. they clearly, they're, they're not like they're not doing their job yeah I mean one of the main things I thought was it's like when you go on a night out as a woman or if you go anywhere at night you are subconsciously aware of the fact that you need to keep tabs on who's around you and not have headphones in or if you do have headphones in only have one in but all of these things are just things that we're used to doing But then when something like this happens on the news, I think for me, I confronted the fact that I have to do all of those things and that's not okay. Like you realize that all of these things you're really used to doing and you're conditioned to do, just because you're used to doing it doesn't mean that you should have to do it. Yeah. And I think as well that it made me kind of look at my male friends sometimes I found my male friends who are really really good people but sometimes they can think that just because they wouldn't do the um, obviously misogynistic or patriarchal things they think that they actually are not part of the patriarchy and then they don't have these discussions because they think it's got nothing to do with them and I know that that's obviously not you two but I wonder how much experience you've had with that with your male friends no, I think, it, I think it's a really important point. I don't think you can separate those male who do and those male who don't, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You have to, you're, you're somewhere along the spectrum of being either an actual perpetrator or being complicit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think you can't, we, we can't not be on that scale and like we can no longer sort of wash our hands and say, I don't do it. I'm, I'm pretty sure my mates don't do it. You have to go out and challenge, even if it's little things here or there or little things that you do in your everyday life. It's, 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 it's way too easy and just a massive cop-out, I think. And I think that's made it pretty clear. I'm not going to sit here and be like, throughout my life, we've challenged it when we've seen it or we've acted in the way that we should have done. But I think looking over everything that's happened and just speaking to the um, sort of the women in my life about their experiences, we have to almost take an active step and be and attack it almost aggressively. Not aggressively in the sense that you're going to go out and fight people, but sort of even if you do see it or even if you do see like a hint of it, to be there and be one. Not even just say anything, but just to stand if one of your friends does challenge it, and just to be there. And I do agree. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and like say that. Get away with it. Act in those ways. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the main points. I was talking to my mum about it, actually. And um, I wonder if part... So say you're in a bar situation and a girl, like, has, I don't know, like, multiple times I've had a lad come up behind me and grab my ass, and I don't know who it is, but he just does it. But then if one of my friends have seen him do it and they, they recognise that that's wrong, he shouldn't have done that, but they're not a confrontational person and they assume that in standing up for me and saying, don't do that, they assume that they're going to have to get into a fight. Do you think that that stops men from getting involved? Um, to a certain extent, possibly. But I think, again, it's quite an easy justification because that implies that the only situation or the only solution to that situation is to go and get into a conversation. Like, yeah. It could be as simple as just coming over to you and checking that you're okay. Because you might say, actually, no, I'm fine. Like, just just to show that you're supportive or just to show that you've seen it and you're there to help if you need. Like, we don't, again, we don't always have to go back to, like, being the knight in shining armor and, like, stepping in and protecting you. You Like, we've known you for so long. You're all, bit, you're all you know, strong and independent. And, like, sometimes it just takes us to stand there and go, actually, that's not okay. And, it, and especially if it's one of, like, your friends that's done it, then mm. that's when you have to kind of intervene and be like, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if somebody like went up and like started like touching up well, like one of my female friends. Like I'm not saying that I would necessarily just like jump in and just like start just absolutely like raising hell. But if it was somebody I knew who'd done it, it's it's made me more this whole situation's made me more aware and like more realised that I need to say things to the people who I know and who I now realise are the like the ninety seven percent kind of thing and who are the ones who are harassing women and it's just about intervening and trying to have these conversations to say like like that's not on kind of thing yeah it is is really difficult though like we're asking people to do something but sometimes you're not in a position where you feel you can you know like we're we're talking a lot about being in a bar or being in a pub in that situation which is fueled with alcohol and you know people on drugs you know an active environment to be in but like things like in the workplace if you've got to confront your boss about a practice you know something that's happening in the workplace that's putting you know your job at risk it's and I think it's really it is difficult for men I'm not cutting them any slack but I think it's really hard to you know we need to support men in feeling that they can be comfortable enough to talk about it and it's about creating an environment where that is permitted and you know because everyone's responsibility is different and everyone's situation is different and some people have more to lose you know like I said if you're in a workplace and you your job is on the line because you call out your boss's behavior or something like that Mm -hmm. so I think it's it is it can be really difficult to call people out and I guess it 
in order to make that easier it's it's got to start at an earlier age it's got to start you know we've got to start with the education of young I say young boys young women as well you know like every it, this goes to everyone or every gender or any whoever you are you need to have this education of what is right and what's wrong and therefore we create a community and a society where you're not afraid to call something out and for men as well like the idea of you know what it means to be a man this idea of having manhood and power and dominance that's kind of pumped into you from a young age like oh be a man or you're strong like your dad or you know all these other yeah. things and that definitely is links to this whole dominance that men feel they have and and challenges them inside when they know they should be they should do something because this is what society says is wrong and right and you know it definitely starts with education and yeah obviously you know yeah yeah I mean that goes back to what Rahat was saying as well because he was saying about how if you're in a situation where a man has I don't know cat called you on the street and someone wants a different man wants to get involved and say don't do that the assumption is that they have to sometimes is that they have to come in and get aggressive about it but that just has the whole savior complex thing going on and you don't it's not that women need to be saved and protected I think the narrative needs to be less based around women being too weak to protect themselves and more based around the fact that they just need someone to back them up not because they're weak just because they're it's one v an entire patriarchy do you know what I mean like unfortunately if you are part of the oppressed group it is the oppressor and the people in the oppressing group who are the ones who have more opportunity to end the oppression mm-hmm. which is real. I mean I don't know if Alice and Rachel if you two find this as well but it really pisses me off sometimes yeah I was going to say as well like it's about self-reflection I think everyone needs to really reflect on themselves and ask themselves the questions rather than ask others it's kind of like at the end of the day you cannot control someone's attitudes or their beliefs but it's about reflecting on your own behavior and think about how your behavior might be contributing to this kind of image that we're portraying or this kind of environment that we're creating yeah yeah confrontation is a hard one no one likes confrontation and it and it doesn't get anywhere you know arguments don't get anywhere and like Rahat said you want to be able to do it peacefully and you want to discuss that but I think that's an issue with within men as well this I think as well uh, sorry no go yeah um it's it, it, it an interesting point about what you're saying uh, in terms of confrontation that just remind me um from a personal experience at university something after the Sarah Everett incident has happened that sort of come to light a little bit and we were sort of talking as, as to how we go and address it because it's it's not our position to forgive in the same way it's not necessarily our position to condemn either because we're not the ones being affected and we're not the victims and I think I think we were talking through sort of how we go about someone who's who's done something explain to them what they need to do because we've never been in a position where we've experienced it so we can't be like right we we felt this way this is what you need to do to go make it better and sometimes from the girl's point of view as well we knew that she didn't want to speak to the boy again she'd made her peace with it she'd gotten over it um so then we're so then we were sort of in a position where it's like right we need to bring it up with him but we can't just be like right this is terrible well it is terrible you've done this go i don't know live in a hole somewhere for the rest of your life because that's not our place either so I guess there's a question coming from that is what you guys sort of would like from sort of boys or the men in your life in those situations. I think if there's anything that we can kind of reflect from the BLM kind of situation, it was like the the whole like 
lesson there was that we were giving them the voice. Do you know what I mean? It was like, okay, well, what we can do is just sit back and support, support being like the main thing. So I think in terms of that kind of thing, it's less about you don't have to put yourself necessarily in there but I think as long as there's support there and as long as that's kind of being fed and that um she doesn't like the woman doesn't feel isolated or kind of shamed or kind of victimized for anything that they do I think that's kind of like the minimum Mm. that I'd kind of expect male friends to do and stuff yeah I mean we're privileged in that we have really close and lovely relationships with boys in our life and obviously we're privileged all three of us are white women as well which obviously means that we are privileged in numerous ways but to add on to what Alice was saying I mean in response to your question Raha I've had a lot of men in my life ask me that question and say right okay I want to do right by you but what do you want and I think part of Um, help in the problem is to accept that there is no one perfect answer Mm. and that we can't give you a perfect (laughs) answer and that like Alice was saying the best thing to just do is be more aware and to pay more attention Mm. and I think I think that's all that's the only answer I can give to men it doesn't mean that that's going to be a quick fix or that's going to cover everything but I think in paying more attention then you will notice more things and as soon as you notice them it's difficult to unsee yeah yeah Yeah. I'd agree with you there yeah I think whenever it gets too far in like what we touched on before about the kind of men that kind of go the opposite way and think that they're in the right because they're like the savior and the hero and then they feel that they can be a bit more like exploitative towards women. It's that kind of thing. It's like, if you kind of realize that you're making it about yourself, then obviously you still kind of falling into the same pattern. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean- That makes sense. It's difficult to explain it. So, I mean, when I've tried to explain, I mean, it must be so bizarre to you two, George and Rahat, that we say that when we go on a night out, it's frightening. And yet, when you're on a night out with us, we don't seem scared. Mm. Mm. I mean, clearly that's part of the problem because the fact that we're not and that we it's just kind of like a low, a low simmer that you don't really think about and you just kind of compartmentalise and then you can enjoy the rest of your night. So it must be, it must have been... Well, obviously, you, sorry. No, you go, George. <laughs> no, it's fine, I interrupted you. <laughs> No, but I was just going to say, it must be so weird to you to hear this fear that you have been surrounded by without knowing that you're surrounded by it. I think a lot of, like, females keep it really private, though, as well, sometimes. Like, there is that a big part of the problem is that, for some reason, this kind of shame or, like, embarrassment towards having a fear. Like, I remember, like, not a particularly dramatic instance, but being in a club and um, being very, like, off it, and then a guy, like, an old man trying to, like, Mm. perv on me or whatever. And I just didn't, I didn't even want to mention it to people. I just kind of wanted to get away from it. Like, I didn't even want to make it a big deal. And I think that's, like, there's women that would take that option and just, like, try and push it down, and it's they need to feel comfortable enough to be able to say, no, like, this should be addressed. Yeah, and you completely do push it down. I mean, I remember being on, on a night out, 
with, I mean, George, Raha and Alice, you were definitely there. I'm not sure if you were there, Rachel. Oh, Josie! Oh my God. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> timing. Say hello, Joe. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Joe, I've arrived. No, I was just saying about how um, I remember being on a, on a night out with George, Joe was there, R- Rahat was there, and Alice was there. Rachel might not have been. And a guy hit me, and it was... I so- remember this. And this group of lads came up to us and tried to smoothly section the girls off from the boys. And they managed to do it because they got in between us. And some lads are very good at doing that. They sectioned us off. And then we were dancing and one of them like smacked my ass, except because my disability is such that my lump is right above my ass. He ended up smacking my lump, which is a ball of nerves. And I kind of bent over because it was excruciating. And rather than make a point of what the fuck, why did you just do that? I said to Alice, I was like, we need to go now. I just want to go. Whereas obviously what I should have done or could have done in that situation is turn to you three lads mm. and told you, but you have a shame. You don't want to, you don't want to. I was, make- was going to say as well, like I remember having conversations with my friends about catcalling and like you always build up this kind of pretense of what you would say in this situation, like how you'd respond to these certain situations. When it actually happens, you kind of left there feeling powerless and like not sure what to do because you're just reacting to this moment. Whereas yeah, before you think sure. in the situation I would do this, whereas like in the actual moment yourself, you kind of just stripped of everything. And you can't really. And um, also, it's it's this shame. I think, like you said, Ella, like constantly being told it's our fault. Like the questions, what were you wearing? Oh yeah, but did you flirt with him? Oh yeah, but this, but this, and I think it's like we're not believed. Like it's yeah. like there has to be a reason as to why they hit on us. Like it has to be our fault. And it gives like, you like a really like dirty feeling it does like because you've been violated that's, that's the best way is. I can describe it yeah and it's yeah. not even in the sense of like yeah because logically you can't pinpoint the shame really like on myself I couldn't be like oh it yeah. was my fault but it was like there's just this weird yeah thing like you've been tainted and you just kind of want to like ignore it's, that it happened but that's yeah, not I, gonna fix anything and it's hard for us because like we, like we've been saying we're asking boys men to do something about it but then I find it hard to do something about it when it happens to me like you said Ella like you just pretend it doesn't happen because you're embarrassed and I'm like well they should be the one embarrassed they they're in the wrong here I am happily going about you know that whole thing oh yeah but were you asking for it what does that even mean like no go I was just gonna say we've got to get rid of this stigma that it it's our fault you know you everyone is responsible for their own actions like what you do to someone is your own responsibility but you have to be aware like it's just not there isn't an excuse for it is there but it's it is really difficult because I I can sit here and say this but I know if it happened to me I would be embarrassed and I wouldn't want to talk about it and I don't like that's not a comment on you though like you shouldn't be hard on yourself because like in that situation it's obviously not comfortable and it's and you're perfectly entitled to react the way that you react and obviously each situation is different and yeah. like I just really don't think that you should be hard on yourselves when this happens and you don't kind of make like make something of it like if you don't say something or you don't and you just want to like leave yourself from the situation just cut it all out like that's perfectly fair enough and, well that's like, the thing because it feels like, we would hope that we'd understand that and you know yeah, can we yeah like it, it is fine to not like you don't have to address everything isn't it mm-hmm. but then it's just that kind of frustration of like well, it's, it's, it's well, easy how is it just going to keep happening? Like, yeah, it's yeah. easy to look back retrospectively and be like, I could have done this differently. Like, this would have been 
a better solution. But it's hard when you're in the moment. It's hard to. I think it also falls into the um, like I don't know. It's almost like a, a consequence of the whole like victim blaming um, culture that you find yourself in at the moment. Because like e- even now, when you think about it, you guys are the victim in that situation, and you're still second guessing your choices in the moment. Your choice in the moment shouldn't be up for judgment by anyone. You went through something terrible or something traumatic. You shouldn't then have to think about oh, I should have reacted this way, I should have reacted that way. And I think it's just another sort of subtler um, consequence from that. And yeah. I think that's- apparent yeah it just fits into that whole like you're asking for it dialogue doesn't it I'm just like completely fits yeah into i think the scariest thing is as well is that like when it comes to like serious cases of sexual harassment and these questions are being asked it's like odds are that it's like a male power someone in an authority who is a male so that's all that's going to do is reinforce this like divide between the gender and mm. just the fact that it is like and i think it's generational as well i think um hopefully like the like standards of like victim blaming and stuff will kind of be a little bit more erased when we're like in kind of old enough to be in like positions of power if that makes sense yeah. I mean I think but- a lot of that depends on how much attention people pay mm. because I think this has been go- like these kind of things have been happening for an unbelievable amount of time and I think the hope that it happens less to our children depends entirely on how much we care to stop it from happening and I think the main thing that I mean it doesn't just have to be a negative thing to get out of this I mean obviously there's the the shock for people of how widespread it is and the Guardian did that whole thing of 97% of young women have experienced sexual harassment and that's awful but I think for me it's almost made me closer to my male friends because you've had to be active in it and you've had to have these conversations and they've turned to me as you three have as well. And they've been like, right, what do you want us to do? Because I want you to feel safe and I don't want you to have dickheads ruining your day. So I think people can get closer through it as well. I think we talk about kind of being afraid to call things out in the moment and like in the real world but I don't think we're afraid on social media and I think that's quite a benefit you know Twitter is savage like people are you know and I know it's a negative hiding behind a screen but if that's how it gets called out kind of on social media that's a benefit any way that we can enforce kind of these decisions between what's right and wrong and and I think sometimes that's how people are more comfortable discussing the topic yeah. as well through sharing things on Twitter but if that's what makes you comfortable if you can't discuss it with your male friends but you can share something on Twitter I think as well that should be encouraged it's about awareness isn't it and like you said Ella like recognition of it going on because I think we un- as women underestimate the fact that men aren't aware of what we have to do yeah. like mm-hmm. you know they're not aware of the things that we do to protect ourselves and if you brought it up they would be shocked and I think it's got to start from there you know making them aware of it makes them realize you know like why is it when okay if it happened to your sister then you'd then you'd realize and then yeah. you'd but it shouldn't have to be like that and you know you should have that yeah well, it, they just it's as soon as you as soon as women make you aware that you then have a responsibility to not forget yes definitely yeah and I think that that's really important and I for me I think a lot of change depends on how men and um, young men of all ages interact with each other and holding their friends accountable. Mm. 
And I don't know if you three have, I mean, I know I've met quite a lot of your friends and all of your friends are lovely, but I don't know if you've changed the the way you look at each other. Maybe you've been a bit more aware. Well, I've, I've certainly had thoughts about things that have happened or instances where we've realised that maybe we could have done more. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's quite like eye-opening because it has made me kind of realise that so some actions which have probably become quite normalised and that they're like not on and it's it's definitely made me realise not about anyone in particular necessarily but there have been things which have come to light. Mm-hmm. Yeah it definitely opened an interesting dialogue as well I know like a lot of people more people have been having conversations about this and I think I don't know if you saw much of this on social media where like a lot of people obviously sharing the posts and everything but then some people's responses were that like oh um some people are sharing this post who've sexually harassed me or my friends. I don't know if you saw instances of that. There's this like kind of weird movement where people were sharing it's like this kind of cover, but they themselves had done their behavior. And then these women were responding to it. And that was like a really interesting thing to see within that as well. I Definitely think a lot of- can, like, Get rid of their guilt from just sharing something on social media and not actually kind of reflect on it. I honestly think a lot of young lads are like really blind to some of the stuff that they've done that's like borderline harassment or just kind of really like Tell, telling behavior yeah mm. but yeah I think like because it's just if again getting away with it is like the biggest thing a lot of girls are just passive and uncomfortable but they'll humor it because they're just nicer people and then they just like like they could com- be completely oblivious to it and then post that and think yeah I'm fighting the fight when actually yeah literally yeah. I mean I agree with that one thing I remember saying to my university friends when we were having this discussion was I said right okay so Me and all of my friends, we've got all of these lovely young men in our lives. You're all brilliant. So then how is it that if all of these young men are are great and haven't ever done anything anywhere near sexual harassment, how is it every single female in my life has experienced it? Like, it just doesn't seem to line up. And I think part of that, like Alice was saying, is being oblivious to when something isn't a joke when it's not funny and it's kind of borderline harassment mm-hmm. and, and I- that's a good thing as well because you kind of saw this 97 statistic which was kind of like whoa it's like fucking really unexpected but then like what that brought in terms of hearing all your female friends actually recount so many instances and so many individual stories where it's like it actually puts a face to this like figure and it actually is a very real statistic and just hearing each and every story was just the scale was crazy <clears throat> it's like how do we get like these people that are oblivious to it to recognize it and to talk about it because I don't know how many people do have these dis- how many friendship groups have these discussions like we do like we're very fortunate that we're all intelligent and open and, and willing to have these discussions <clears throat> but it, there'll be people that just don't see it as an issue and how do you reach those people that I, I don't and I don't know what the answer is and I I don't and I, it's ingrained in culture it's ingrained in families isn't it like it's yeah and I don't know how you tackle that because I think a lot I've, of it goes back to what we've all been saying and it, it just needs to be it needs to feel comfortable enough yeah. to have the conversation because it doesn't need to be a really academic and no. you don't need to talk about like I don't know psychological theories and stuff to have it I think you need like Joe was saying you need to put a face to it and it's it's so much more poignant when it's a face that you know 
So like if if any three of you, like George Rahat or Joe, if you had heard a girl recount a story saying about how she'd been on a night out and someone had hit her, you think, oh my God, that's awful. But then when you know it was me and you were on that night out, it hits, it'll hit a bit harder, surely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's like these big social movements, like they're really good at starting a dialogue and getting it kicked off. But I think it's like realizing that's like a continual thing that needs to be kept talking about. It's not this like one instance, this one moment, and then that's it and it's gone and on to the next big thing. Cause like that's how social media works. It's like a perpetual cycle, this next thing that moves on and on. But I think when you actually ingrain this kind of like continued realization, this is not going to stop because of this one big social movement, it's something that needs to be keep on like being tackled and you need to keep having the conversation, just keep actually talking about it rather yeah. than just moving on to the next thing and with that thank you all for coming on here and talking to me god you're leaving me with the final statement let raha have it i was on a fucking bus for an hour and a half where the fuck had you gone and then you knew you were good braises not that far away john 90 minutes i was raging not far away I was just gonna say I love how we were all so composed and polite during the discussion and then everyone just <laughs> so, yeah no it's chaos it's really good we've got a resident psychologist in this chat isn't it yeah <laughs> <Thank you. laughs>